Welcome to Search Talk Live with search engine optimization and marketing experts, Robert O'Haver and Matt Weber. Powered by the Robert Palmer family of companies. Good afternoon. My name is Robert O'Haver. I'm uh, the host of Search Talk Live along with Matt Weber of Roar Internet Marketing. Matt, how's it going? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? Good, good, good. Um, got some great news to share about the show. Uh, we are now on Spotify, which uh, now you can – Spotify all over the world? or is All it, over the world. It is. Yeah. So, yeah, because we were on like iHeart, which is just in the United States and most of the United States anyway. I don't think it's in California. Um, but yeah, now everybody can listen to us wherever they are. And, uh, if you know anybody that haven't, hasn't heard the show, I'd recommend you going over to Spotify or go to Spreaker and follow us so you can get new episodes, uh, daily. And then also, um, if you're, if you have questions during the show, you can go to Twitter and type hashtag search talk live. We're monitoring that live now. So if you have a question for our guests, you, we can get those answered live on the show. Yeah, because we all have that one friend who says, man, I like podcasts, but I only listen to my podcasts on Spotify, right? You have yeah, that friend? Right. Well, now that friend can now get <laughs> Search Talk Live. Yeah, you can actually download the episodes yeah. and stuff. Yeah. By yeah. the way, do you know that iHeartRadio now says they are the number one venue for podcast listenership? Really? Yes. Wow. That's amazing. I think we're a big part of that. Yeah, we're on iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, those of you also... Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to the show every week. Uh, you've been really consistent. I, I look at the analytics, and it's like the day after spikes. So people are just downloading this last show, the previous episode. And um, I, I want to thank you. I also want to thank our sponsors for sponsoring the show. In fact, speaking of sponsors, we have a new sponsor that started this week, uh, Pixel Cut Labs. Go check them out. You'll hear the commercial later on, and it'll give you more details about it. Uh, and uh, Hrefs. I'm sure everyone has heard of that. Please, if you want to support the show, please go by and let them know that, hey, Search Talk Live sent you. Yeah, and by the way, last week's show was, was awesome because it was about content creation. Yeah. And we really got into some good tips about how to create content. A lot of people are stymied about how to create good content. Today's show is going to talk a little bit about content and the role that it plays in SEO. But last week's show, if you're stuck at all on content, go back and listen to that one. Oh, absolutely. And today our guest, is uh, his claim to fame is – he, he started a blog, and he's grown it to, like, massive sizes, uh, making him income over a million dollars in, I think, in a, less than 10 years uh, of owning the blog. And he's, he's an expert in SEO as well, so he, he can really give some insights to you bloggers out there that, you know, you're, you're, you're throwing all kinds of content out there, but you're not making anything. And, and I think if you take notes from the show today, our guest today, Matthew Woodward, uh, welcome to the show. Hey guys, thanks for the introduction and thank you for having me on. I've got lots to share for you on the topic. <laughs> if anyone is listening to this doesn't have a pen and paper to hand, uh, go get one right now because uh, you're going to be scrambling in a minute, I promise. Or at least download the show and listen to it like yeah, yeah. This because Matthew, you're very tactile. Uh, we've we've all read just about everything you've put out there, and what we really enjoy about your presentation is your very step one, step two, step three, step four, in your approach to SEO. Uh, but one of the things I want to start with is your whole strategy well, is based on this concept of. Before we dive into that, I want to 
tell him about himself. Yeah. <laughs> Give him some credibility, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Matthew, let's. Uh, why don't you tell us about yourself, uh, about your website, and you know how people can get a hold of you? Okay, so um, what I'm most known for is my SEO blog, and I'm, I'm going to have to correct some of, of your stats at the start there. It actually went to uh, $1.2 million in five years, and that didn't include income that was generated from product launches that were I couldn't have done without the blog. So the actual value was much, much, much more. And I actually stopped reporting the income in December 2017. Um that's what I'm most known for. Um, it's, it, the, the blog was actually born out of an accident. Um, back in 2012, Matt's, Matt Cutts was banging on about how you should just forget about link building, just build quality content and blah, 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 you know, <laughs> <laughs> all the things no one wanted to hear. And you got to think back in that time, 2012, you know, what, what was quality content? Well, that was a 500-word post written to three-word keyword density, and, <laughs> and that, that, that pretty much passed as quality content, you know. So um, th- th- there's a video, and it's it's on my blog of Matt Cutts, um, that pretty much shaped my content strategy and also my promotion strategy with, with the blog and without that video we wouldn't be speaking today and um you know he, he was saying um do something that's unique different original create content that's useful helpful to the community answer common questions publish research create videos publish how-to guides and tutorials that kind of thing now anyone listening and it sounds like if anyone listened to to last week's podcast that that sounds like common sense right now as we're talking in 2019 but in 2012 <laughs> that was revolutionary <laughs> stuff <laughs> so i built a blog around that the, you know the great irony is my seo blog was built without the ability to use seo you know i i was link building till i die um so building my seo blog i wanted to take away my biggest strength and, and not use SEO to promote the SEO blog and to see if Google were telling the truth or not that you should just focus on building quality content and forget about link building. And um, I think everything we've just covered in the last few minutes kind of <laughs> just goes out the window, right? Right, you know, <laughs> like, like, yeah, <laughs> um, it, it, it worked. It took off very quickly and in its first month it made $4,000. Um, and 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 and, it, and it's it's kind of scaled from there. Uh, so that's that, that's what I'm most known for. Um, if you've heard my name, you, you've probably heard in, in positive connotation with my blog. <laughs> so your <laughs> in your first month, you made four thousand dollars from your blog. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, that is Sorry. awesome. The, the first month was six hundred. The second month was four thousand. But the first month was partial. Wow. Well, we got to dig into. Uh, how you did this? Okay. Um, well, well, I want to I want to start with one kind of what I thought was your defining premise as I read your material, and a lot of things branch off it. But you talk quite about living where your audience lives. Hmm? Tell us what you mean by that. 
living where your audience live is look as seos it's very easy for us to lose that human connection we're all into big data and v lookups and how many visitors we had and Google. like we often forget about the human in it living where your visitor is helps keep you grounded and gives you a lot of benefits and opportunities it means living in facebook groups that are relevant to your community take part in reddit or in twitter hashtags you know whatever it is in your community be a part of the conversation be in it why because that gives you that human connection you can see what people are talking about you can kind of get a sense should my content strategy be covering this should i be moving in that direction and it also gives you a base in which to promote that content once you've created it and that was very much the the launch formula for the for the blog so to speak thank you for clarifying that i was going to ask you is that why you moved to costa rica <laughs> <laughs> No, no, not at all. I'm joking. <laughs> um, but that that strategy served me well. You know, the the the, the original content strategy of the blog was okay. Let's see what people are talking about. Oh, well, actually, that's what I'm kind of doing every day. I'm just going to record that and share it with people. And then, any time in communities, I saw people asking about that topic. I was sharing my tutorials and content to help answer those questions definitively. Nice. And that's that that's what really blew it up at the start that that's that's what made the difference living where your audience lives great now we're going to talk a lot about today about uh, using your competitors to get some insights into what your strategy could be i want to ask you how can someone listening to the show be sure that their competitor has it figured out what if you follow a competitor in the wrong direction what can they do to spot a competitor who's kind of on the right path to be able to emulate them are we talking in terms of a search traffic gain or, yes or, or as a general business uh, in, 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 in search, terms of search traffic yeah. um one of the long forgotten tools of seo is just to use your eyes observe again if you live where your audience live and you start seeing lots of people talking about your competitor in a positive light you might want to take a look at what they're doing and what their seo strategy is at supporting that equally if people are in a negative light you want to look at look at that as well but to know if they're doing something absolutely right or not it's just common sense and power of observation for the most part. You can use tools to see, oh, their backlink profile's growing and their traffic's growing, but you can just go on a site and click around and look, are people interacting with a site? Oh, there is a, you, you, you know if someone is going in the right direction with their site. You feel it. And, and you need to spend time looking at it. Then go and look at tools and look at different metrics and, 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 and what they're doing to move the needle. Obviously, if you see people doing like tons of 301 redirects, you can get away with a couple. But if their entire link building strategy is built on 301s, you know, the power of observation will tell you they're moving in the wrong direction. Yeah, um, yeah. So... You know, that, that, that's a lost art in, in SEO and, well, I guess in life in general a lot of times. Just the, the, the power of observation is often all you need to get ahead of your competition. What's your sense of that, Robert? Do you kind of – I know you are honed in to the competitors of your clients. Do you kind of instinctively figure out which competitors are worth following and which competitors are not? Um, I try to follow the top 
competitors on the online competitors, you know, each each client has their own competitors offline, which are totally different to the online aspect of it. So I really try to keep my ear to uh, to the tracks, so to speak, on all of those clients. You know, using tools like Ahrefs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Matthew, once we've figured out which clients are the ones to follow, how do we use our or our competitors rather? How do we figure out how to use our competitors to establish an SEO strategy? Okay. Um, my favorite SEO strategy of all time is pretty much just look at what's working for your competitors and replicate that. So if you want to rank for a specific keyword and that aligns with your current business goals, you can just enter it into Google, take a look at the top three, four, five ranking sites. And first of all, look, use a power of observation. Um, what, what sites are you seeing uh, or what types of content are you seeing? Are they list posts? Is it a service site? Is it uh, e-commerce listing pages, e-commerce category? What, what type of content is ranking and to what intent, intent does it align? You need to first of all make sure that you've got a page that mirrors and reflects what's currently ranking. If you don't, well, that's a failure to use a power observation. Google's telling you what type of content they want to rank. It's your job to now make your version of that. Um, now, there's no no need to go out and 10 times content and, 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 and all of that malarkey. That's just uh, something where I feel a lot of people waste a lot of unnecessary time and budget. But you know, if there's a, if there's a ton of 2,000-ish word articles that are nicely formatted with nice graphics, you don't need to go and create a 10,000-word monster. You can get away with just doing 2,500, 3,000-word <laughs> so that it's better, but you don't waste a bunch of time and money and budget on 7,000 words that the power of observation is telling you you don't need to write, right? Yeah. And Matthew, one thing I'd like you to clarify for the listeners, I mean, obviously a lot of our listeners are professionals, but... Uh, there's a percentage of them that are kind of just getting their feet wet. Um, if you could clarify, because they're you know with Google, there's a lot of personalized results. So when you're doing that keyword search research, you really have to keep that in mind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course you have to. I mean, going to the basics of it, if you're going to do the keyword research, you want to be doing it at least in a VPN in the country that you're using a VPN in a country that you're targeting in a private window just to get a feel for, for, for what's out there. Yeah. Yeah. And what is the uh, potential impact now today, Matthew, of us seeing multiple elements on a search engine results page? You know, back in the day we had three things on a SERP, local ads <laughs> and organic today, who knows what's going to be on a SERP. How does that affect that research that you do? I'm, I'm always looking at organic. I'm looking at the organic results. It's easy to pay to play in Google, but for the people that have genuinely like earned those rankings through whatever means, they're the ones I want to look at, both from a content perspective and a backlink perspective. And you've grouped in your writings uh, not only keywords but content into certain groupings, and you encourage to group keywords by the type of content such as FAQs, informational questions, because not every keyword is equal. Tell us about that, and is that kind of your equivalent of what other people talk about, like a, f- a funnel, although I haven't seen you use the word funnel in your writing? Um, the reason my site is structured the, the way that it is is because 
a lot of my users were telling me that they were struggling to find solutions to their problems. And they were solutions that I had published on the blog. It wasn't that they didn't exist. People were just struggling to find them. So the reason the blog structured how it is right now is in, in an effort to connect people's problems to solutions as quickly as possible. Now, usually when someone's coming with an SEO problem, they've got a rough idea of whether it's link related, page related, or, you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, and if you're a beginner, you might even be wondering, well, what is SEO? I got that covered as well. Um, so it's categorized and broken down like that, just in a way that makes it easier for people to digest that content. Typically in a blog, you know, your best content's on page eight, but that also means that the person's solution's buried away on page eight. Uh, so that's why it, it, it's structured quite clearly in, in that structure, more, more than anything else. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Now, what's the next step in your strategy once we've identified the competitors that we should follow? Okay, so, I, I mean, I'm banging a drum of observation here, but look at those top three, four, five search competitors. Look at their pages. Write down what, what, what are they doing great, what are they doing bad. And that will form a rough plan for you in a type of content that you need to create in order to compete. Um, obviously, there's more to it than that, but just observing and looking will tell you 90% of what you need to know. That's the very first part, right? Creating the content. The folks that are listening that kind of struggle a little bit with that content writing, what do you use to create good content if you're not a writer yourself what counsel can you give okay if so if you're not a writer yourself the best way to create the content is to outsource it but the problem with outsourcing content and it's a problem i think many people have is that quite often you get back pretty poor <laughs> levels of content so if you're not good at writing yourself you need to come up with clearly defined writing specifications and a framework of what content should include and then hand that off to a writer. For me, the way I do that is I'll just look at the top results. What do I like? What don't I like? That'll allow me to build out a rough structure. I'll then also, because I've got my ear to the ground, as, as you guys have with clients, competitors, you know, you're, you're living where the audience lives in many respects to have your ear to, that gra to the ground. You're going to know roughly what kind of information needs to go into that content. You're going to know what questions that people are, are asking and things like that. If you don't know that, you can just cheat and look at uh, resources like the People Also Ask box in Google. That will give you a good idea for the questions that you need to include in that content. And that at that point, you can hand it off to the writer. Once you've got a specification to that point, that's usually, if you're not comfortable with writing, the right point to hand it off so that you get back a content piece that is exactly as you need it. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how your guys experience, but hiring content writers is a nightmare. We use so Fiverr. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and look, you laugh and joke, but I've hired writers from Fiverr. And, and what I've learned over the time is it's not where you hire the writers from, but it's the guidelines and specifications that you give them that makes the biggest difference. I got you. Um, you know, 
look if you if you if you if you want to pay like bottom end prices you are going to get bottom end quality there's no escaping that but a lot of it comes down to the specification that you give rather than where you hire them from yeah and i think that's um you know a valuable workshop for somebody to do is teaching how to write that scope of work for a writer that's almost as valuable as a skill set today as it is in actually doing the content writing because a lot yeah, of times okay. well, you well, want someone with that, that subject that matter expertise. <laughs> it's, it's quite easy. Short description, the, the point of the article, what it's going to be, suggested title, target keyword, and then a bullet point list of headings. That's it. Um, it doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. The bullet pointed list of headings, if you really want, can just be a list of questions that you get from the people also ask box and the headings and bits of content that you like from other people's com- other people's content um you can write pretty solid descriptions using that framework in you know like five or ten minutes that are easy to hand off to a writer it's a good framework yeah now as a blogger yourself matthew how far in advance do you plan your content it depends some content if i'm doing anything case study based it takes a lot more time to design the experiment set it up wait for the results find the data you know um i'm about to publish uh, the results of a test that we started working on in february um there's other content that that's much quicker and tutorial based and uh, usually it's got around a six to eight week life cycle from from the point we, we start planning it to the point it gets published Interesting. So another thing I wanted to add to when you, uh, you you mentioned outsourcing your content is to be sure and run it through like Copyscape or something like that. I've seen so many times where someone copied and paste, copied and paste onto a blank document someone else's content <laughs> said, here you go. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, you know, and that that's commonplace. But that to me tells me that you know you're probably playing on the bottom end of the market, right? Um, you know, um, and and quite often, well, no, not quite often. With writing, you always get what you pay for. Nothing more, nothing less. It's true. <laughs> but you have got to check the work, um, you know, and and you can control the content quality by the quality of the specification that you give them. If if you find that you're spending more time checking people's work than uh, it would take you to have done it yourself, right. it, it means you're managing it wrong and it means that you're not giving the writers what they need to do a good job. Um, it's usually what the issue is nine times out of ten. I agree, definitely. So what would your recommendation be? I mean, do you, do you yourself use this practice as far as old stuff that you've gotten had written on your site and maybe refreshing content or do you just ax it what do you do there it depends you know i've I've been publishing stuff since 2012 a lot's happened in that time some stuff becomes completely irrelevant and it just gets deleted and redirected some stuff becomes where it's just oh i just need to update some you know prices screenshots and other things um sometimes i've made affiliate recommendations that then turn bad so rather than deleting those i i redirect the affiliate link to to an updated page that, that, that says why they should no longer bother with it um it really depends there's, there's, there's not a black and white strategy to it um some con- sometimes content's outdated and you should delete it but it's still getting thousands of visitors so rather than delete it you can just 
you know, edit a paragraph at the top that explains this is out of date, but please go and see this and, and redirect that traffic elsewhere. Mm. Um, there's not a one-size-fits-all strategy to which content you delete, how, how you delete it, or how you update it. It, it really is a case-by-case basis. Sure, sure. Did you have something? Yeah, we're talking about blog posts with Matthew Woodard. Matthew, what about other types of content, though? Video, of course, podcasts, got to mention that. Do they bring <laughs> equal value to you and your blog goals? I mean, the the blog was launched with video tutorials. Um, you know, if you hit my about page on the blog, you'll see the first affiliate video that I produced in 2005. Um, so, you know, I've been doing video for, in fact, that was before YouTube launched. That's how long I've been doing video <laughs> in, in the affiliate world. Um, so I highly recommend video. Nearly every post that I put out now has video. I actually, at my house, physically built an extension, a, a room that didn't exist to build out a video studio in, which I now use to shoot uh, a lot of videos and you know, soundproof teleprompter, the, the the works. So, video has been an important growth tool to me. However, a lot of people don't enjoy video, myself included. <laughs> As someone that produces a lot of video, I hate watching videos to learn content. It's too slow for me. It's boring. Like I, I want to skim. I want to bam, 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 and, and I want to absorb it, process it, and, and move on. You know, and yeah. video doesn't allow me to do that. So, I actually create when I create content a video version and a text and image version to accommodate for both types of readers, and it gives you additional points of of promotion later on. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I'm pro video as a creator. And I hate video as a, an information consumer. <laughs> That's why we do podcasts. <laughs> now, okay, so podcast is an interesting one. Um, as, as part of my SEO audits, the first thing I do is, is survey the readers. And one of the th- questions I asked was, how do you like to consume content? Now, 80% came back and said videos and images only um, and text, only 20% said podcast. And I was thinking about launching a podcast at the time until those survey results came in. <laughs> um, so it, it, I, I mean, my audience specifically, it seemed that podcast wasn't their, their preferred source of learning. But, um, you know, every, every audience niche website business is different. But you can find that out pretty easily just by sending out a survey and asking people how do they want to digest your content. For me, it wasn't podcasts, so I didn't, sure. well, I didn't no. launch one. We did the same survey, and it came back 100% podcasts. But <laughs> uh, the survey group was only our immediate families. So maybe, <laughs> maybe that was invalid. I'm not really sure. But I, I think the takeaway here, though, and I experience this a lot with my clients, and Robert, you tell me if you do too, they get a little frustrated about creating content. But then when you can walk them through, we're not going to just take this great idea you have for an article. You've done the research. you followed your competitors. But we're not only going to just turn it into an article. 
but we can turn it into a relatively simple video. We can turn it into a relatively simple infographic. So this this effort that you're kind of having resistance toward is really going to have multiple sprouts on it. And I think when I'm able to coach people through that, it, they see it in a little bit of a different light. Like one ounce of effort is actually going to have three ounces of return rather than one ounce of effort is going to have one ounce of return. You know, that's another that's an, another untapped source a lot of content writers don't do. You can take content from a YouTube video that's not indexed. That's killing it. And turn it into something amazing. Right. So, yeah. t- you know, do the competitor research for sure, as Matthew's outlined. But you've got a great tip right there is go to YouTube and see what's ranking on YouTube, which is its own algorithm and its own search engine, obviously, and see what YouTube is just killing it. YouTube video is killing it in your, in your segment and see how that can be turned into other forms of content. Yeah, I mean, when I've got a written piece of content, now, anyone that's struggling with the, the extra effort, as you say, that's probably because they're more focused on the doing the task than the process. If you actually break it down as a process and actually map it out and say, okay, right, this is a content specification. I'm going to write this piece of content. Then I'm going to see what video ideas there are. Then I'm going to copy and paste that into a video script. Then I'm going to, like, when you break it down into a process and actually map it out, you can just hand bits of that process off to different people. So, you know, my videos aren't done by me. I record them, but the script wasn't written by me. That was edited from someone else from the content. Um, You know, all the graphics aren't done by me. I use a service called Kappa 99 that give you unlimited graphic design for $400 a month. When I want a graphic doing or an infographic or any type of graphic, I just put it on the Trello board and within a couple of days it's done. So it makes it very easy for me to repurpose content into small graphics and and, and things like that or or shareable graphics, you know. Um, So if you're struggling with with the labor of creating content and the different sprouts of it, don't focus on the task. Focus on the process and look at how you can move bits of that process to other people so you can spend as much time as possible promoting the content rather than getting stuck in in the grains of creation. Yeah, that's a great tip. Yeah. Now, in one of your articles, Matthew, you talk about don't always uh, go head-to-head. So if you find somebody who's got great domain authority, obviously you're not going to get that great domain authority. You say you find another way to beat them. Just tell us a little bit before we get to the break about finding the competitive opportunities rather than always trying to compete head-to-head. Okay, well, actually some – Domain authority on its own isn't a reason not to compete. Um, I actually publish a case study on the blog where we 14 times search traffic in the health niche from like like a few thousand to 40,000 or something like that. And we were up against big, big, big sites, big sites with huge domain authority and, and the metrics are pretty terrifying. But the opportunity was in the page level metrics. The, the, the pages were just ranking purely out of the domain authority. And, and they had like two or three backlinks. So when we came in and built 70 links as well as some awesome content, it didn't really matter that the other sites had a higher domain authority because we just jumped, jumped the queue. And uh, we did that across lots of different keywords in the health niche, which was super competitive. We were, we were competing against big boy brands. But that's where we found the opportunity. We found the opportunity in, first of all, the quality of content, and second of all, the page level metrics. And that allowed us to compete on the domain authority level. Makes sense. All right. Well, we got to take a break. Um, Matthew, when we get back, we're going to do what's called Who Influences the Influencer? And that's 
who basically you listen you listen to, watch videos or follow on Twitter or wherever it may be to kind of mm-hmm. get your to follow the industry and get your information. Okay, cool. We'll Looking do that. forward to it. Yeah, right after the break. We'll be right back. Today's episode of Search Talk Live is sponsored by Hey Robert. You're here early for the show. Yeah, I got a ton of SEO work done this morning, and I got it done way ahead of schedule. Couldn't have done it without Ahrefs. Yeah, so much easier than using multiple programs and having data in a bunch of different places. Plus, being able to see what is holding a page back from ranking in Ahrefs is so much faster than picking through each part myself. Oh, yeah, I agree. We use Ahrefs because it's so easy to teach people at our agency how to use it. Their YouTube tutorials couldn't be better. It's one thing to have a tool. It's another thing to know your team is using it to its full capacity. I don't think there's an easier, more complete tool than Ahrefs. Hey, Robert, why don't you hit them up to be a sponsor of the show? I am way ahead of you. Ahrefs, the official SEO tool of Search Talk Live. Try their new seven-day trial for only $7. Go to Ahrefs.com. That's Ahrefs.com. Your website analytics data probably feels like this. But it could feel like this. Making sense of all the website data available to you hasn't been easy until now. Smyalytics transforms your website analytics data into easy-to-understand memorable photographs. You pick your own photo theme. Smyalytics. S-M-Y-L-E-Lytics. Like analytics. Only happier. And it's free at Smyalytics.com. Want to know how your website is doing? Get the big picture with pictures. It's the easiest and most enjoyable way to understand your website data. No charts, no graphs, no cost. Sign up today. Smyalytics. S-M-Y-L-E-Lytics. Like analytics. Only happier at Smyalytics.com. Learning a lot from Search Talk Live, but don't know what specific SEO actions you should be taking on your website? Or maybe you've tried to implement SEO on your website, but haven't gotten the results you were aiming for. We've all been there. That's why we here at Pixel Cut Labs created the SEO Project Planner. It's a one-time project where our SEO team runs a full site crawl, overlays data from leading SEO tools, and manually audits every page on your website. We'll use our findings to craft a strategic plan that covers everything from your link building strategy to page level technical SEO and content recommendations. The project planner is perfect for businesses that are serious about SEO and want to hit a home run by leveraging our proven SEO strategy. To learn more and to see pricing for your project, visit pixelcutlabs.com STL or text STL to 31996. Pixel Cut Labs. Welcome to page one. Get your questions in on Twitter. Type hashtag search talk live and your question. That's now back to the show. Cool. They text STL to your client. Isn't that cool? I love that. That's that's using technology there. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, if you enjoy the show, guys, please visit our, our sponsors. They keep this show going. So, uh, you know, show your uh, appreciation to visit their sites or, you know, if you decide you want to sign up for one of them. Uh, be sure and let them know that, you know, we sent you. <laughs> yeah, if you believe in SEO education, participate with our sponsors. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, now, back to the show. Uh, we are now, you can, again, type hashtag search talk live if you have questions. I'm monitoring that live right now on Twitter. 
Um, and uh, let's go back to Matthew. Matthew, now this is this segment is called "Who Influences the Influencer." Why don't you tell us who follow who you follow in the industry? Okay, this kind of circles back to what we were saying at the start of the show: to live where your audience lives. Now, okay, look, there's there's, there's there's all the, the usual personalities that, that you should follow, right? But it's much better just to live in the communities and have your ear to the ground. And quite often you see in Facebook groups, people that you've never heard of sharing information and bits and, you know, this is what I experienced. I did this. I saw this. Or it's all like really like dynamic frontline stuff, right? Yeah. So rather than following individual people, it's better just to be part of those communities. Even if you're not engaging and commenting, just listen, just watch, just observe. And that's really a, a great source of information that many people overlook. I say he's playing it safe. He's trying to not leave anybody out. <laughs> did you not mention Search Talk Live, though? So uh, Yeah. yeah. Any, any favorite podcasts you like? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but I do kind of find the same thing. You know, when there's a couple LinkedIn groups that I'm in. Yeah. Um, I haven't found as much in the Facebook groups, but in the LinkedIn groups, and there's a couple forums that I follow, particularly on local search. I think some of the forums are really yeah. good. There are some yeah. people that are not top of name people who don't come up on on this kind of exercise, yeah. but who really give thorough and well thought out answers. Right. And you know, yeah. be, maybe they're not high big names, and maybe I couldn't repeat their names, but I do recognize their answers. Yeah. When I see yeah. them on the forum and I pay special attention to their forms, so their answers, but I totally get what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, the, that is the front line, right? Like it's social media and, 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 you know, often what you're learning from a big name, from a blog post or a tutorial, it's gone through a production cycle. Well, it, it, that takes time, you know? So if you want it like right now from the front line, real people that are fighting the battle, like in real time, just go and live in those Facebook groups. You know, I, in in my group, I was sharing results of an image SEO experiment. You're not going to find that on the blog, right? Because I haven't written about it, and I'm not ready to write about it on the blog because I've not yet done a large enough case study in which to go out to the, the grand public and make a big hoo ha about it. But I have seen significant results that are worth sharing just in a quick post. So, if you know, that's even my example. You're not going to find everything on the blog. And for the, 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 there's a lot of people that do lots of stupid experiments on, on, on Google and, and write about them in, in, in groups that you just never see yeah. published. So, yeah, rather than follow individual people, follow the community. Yep. And, Matthew, we have awesome. a listener question. Uh, they would like to know if you could repeat the name of the tool that you mentioned in the first half of the show that helps you with your graphics. That is, it's it's not a tool; it's a service called Kappa Ninety Nine, and it's a unlimited graphic design service. They do all of the graphics on the blog. They just give you a Trello board. You just put a, a card of what you want them to create, and they create it. it it's pretty hmm. pretty simple. And is that spelled K A P P A? K A P A Nine Nine. Great. Thank you for the question, listener. Cool. No worries. Yeah, so uh, I want to dig into the affiliate side here. Um, one thing you, you you know you've done really well is affiliates. Now you know when, just so the listeners understand how what is that program like? What you're doing? Are you running banners on your website, or I mean, what is it you're doing? Um, all of my affiliate recommendations come off the back of tutorials that come off the back of solving people's problems. 
So all of my affiliate recommendations really tied into teaching. And, um, you know, quite, quite often uh, there's a free tool that, 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 uh, that you send people to. Quite often there's a pay tool that you send people to. It really depends on the subject at hand. Um, sometimes I've just created the tool and, 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 and published that. Um, so that, that's my overall affiliate strategy. And it's not really an affiliate strategy. It's more of a business strategy. Just focus on helping people. Focus on elevating people, solving their problems. And if there's an opportunity to drop an affiliate link, drop it. And, uh, you know, that, that is the, the, the strategy. It, it's more of a, a core direction than, than an affiliate strategy. Okay. I, I guess I, I – let me clarify – so if you're when you're dropping an affiliate link, are you dropping an Amazon link to a certain product? I'm just I'm just it, it, playing it, around. It depends depends what it is. If okay. if that product helps solve the problem at hand, yes. Okay. And do you well, what actively... the product is, what the service is, whether it's an Amazon affiliate, self-hosted, a, a, a CJ, it, like it really is irrelevant. The network is entirely irrelevant. Like which product or service is going to help solve this particular problem the content's addressing that's okay. the i got you you recommend All right. yeah so i think his takeaway here for bloggers and you and i see this a lot right what he's saying is hey let's make sure that the solution the affiliate link is really relevant to the content whereas you do see so many bloggers who have an ad or an affiliate link for some product that has absolutely nothing to do with the content but they sure put enough. it there because they saw potential dollar signs yeah, yeah, or the the getting paid on a CPM or, or whatever it is. Now, um, I was at the affiliate world. I spoke at Affiliate World in Barcelona, and you know, I, I love going there because they just the way that they do affiliate marketing is completely different. I was speaking to a dude that sends eight million emails a day. Wow! So the way he inserts affiliate links is very different to the way I I do it. Um, so, you know. This isn't the only way to, 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 to do it, but uh, as, as a core business strategy, not even a strategy, just a core mission, I'm serving to, to elevate everyone, and sure. uh, that's how it aligns to my affiliate strategy, right. but it's, it's not necessarily the only way you can do it. Um, there's a lot of people with Amazon uh, niche sites, um, and quite often the best place to send people to is an Amazon affiliate link. Um, sometimes not. Sometimes you might want to be looking for other ways to monetize that traffic. But as a core thing, whichever product or service best aligns to the, the problem your content is, is solving. Sure. I, I wasn't looking for your, your secret sauce. So I, I guess what I was, <laughs> I was trying to – because in the beginning, you told people that you do training and tutorials on SEO and stuff. Were, my, I guess what I was trying to clarify for the listeners was you're not giving your affiliate a, a affiliate link out to different websites to come to your website to pay for SEO training or anything like that. I guess that's no, no. I okay. have done a a course launch in the past which did also have an affiliate element to it. Okay, um, but as a core strategy to the blog, no. Okay, yeah, that's what I was trying to clarify. So yep. right before the break, we were talking a little bit about content creation, some of the challenges. You offered some great advice about focus on the process rather than the, the final output. Do you think that uh, shortcuts such as FAQs, answer cards, etc., are kind of shortcuts to rank well and generate traffic? Or do you believe that we still have to have that page form content as the best long-term organic strategy? 
okay before content can be great content for a search engine it has to be great content for a human and faqs do often lend themselves to being great content for a human if that is the case in your topic and you can actually just use google as an indicator to this if there's a people also ask box for your target keyword that's a pretty good indicator that you should have an faq on your page because Google literally has an FAQ on their search results page. So the power of observation tells you Google thinks that's pretty important. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> you don't need a tool to tell you that, just your eyes and the, the computer between your ears. You um, know, one thing I wanted to add to that is, you know, and I've found I'm still hands-on. I've been doing SEO for a long time. Um, the It really, I think, it def, def, depends on the niche. You know, is it a service or is it a product? A tangible Not even on the niche, on the individual result, because I'm seeing FAQ things pop on services, I'm seeing them pop on information, sure. I'm seeing them pop on reviews, and then equally, I'm seeing them not pop on services, I'm not on info, not on reviews. It, it uh, there doesn't seem to be a consistency to it, even where you'd expect them to be on, on, on queries like how and what and why, they don't always show. So you've got to look at it on a keyword level and, and, uh, and make your decision from there. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think what I'm, where I was going with this is I do see it on services as well, but you got to be, there's got to be, at least for on the service side, that I'm, I'm pretty sure of that I've, I've uncovered that if you give too much information, they're never going to call you. You, mm. know, you know, if you answer a question so well, they just, oh, I got my answer, I'm gone. That's a fine balancing act. Yeah. Right? Give- yeah, and, they, and again, that's case by case. And, you know, a lot of people, uh, uh, you know, some of you might have seen, I, I put the FAQ rich snippet out there and put a bit of a spotlight on it again because Google are including those much more now. Like in, in January when I tried it, FAQ rich snippets are a waste of time. But right yeah. now they're fire and they something's are. definitely changed in, in those last months. So what you put in that snippet is up to you. Um, look, we've got copyright in our hand and Google's giving us the in- the ability to inject copy into first the first page of Google search results. Like, yeah. if you're taking that opportunity and using it to hurt yourself, uh, <laughs> you're, in the, you're in the wrong industry. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you have um, position zero and you're ranking in one or two other places on that homepage, I mean. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the end result today is we have to think like retailers, right? I mean, yeah. retailers think about how much shelf space can they get through many ways. I think SEOs mm-hmm. now have to think about that SERP-like shelf space. How much of that shelf space can I get through multiple types of content? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, FAQ rich snippets, lots of people are saying, no, no, they're going to decrease click-through rate. People aren't going to click through to your result, blah, 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 blah. So far, in everything I've tested it on, they've increased click-through rate. If they're not not only have they increased click-through rate, quite often they've increased the actual ranking position in the page. Sure. And in some instances, taken me to a featured snippet, or in some instances, removed a featured snippet, put my organic to number one with yep. my FAQ. I've seen now, like, yeah, what, 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 what? Why is there a, a, a resistance to that? Like, um, it, it does wonders for your click-through rate. And 
any anyone that's casting doubt on it let me ask you this would you rather your competitor had it than you <laughs> yeah and you, like, you know i think to me it's it's kind of google testing the waters like you know does this answer the question the best and if, and no it's got nothing to do with search the reason why it's effective absolutely zero zero reason to do tell us why you think that desktop yeah. search okay if if you've had your ear to the ground and it's a theme that we've been talking about recently Google have been on an absolute conquest to dominate the voice assistant market for the past couple of years. Now, that's accelerated recently. And now, the, they, they, a couple of months ago were just recognized for producing the most accurate medical results of any voice assistant. That doesn't happen by accident. You might remember just towards the end of 2018, the medic update, eat signals. Yeah. Like they're, they're trying, they're building systems to find relevant answers to any question on the planet from authoritative sources that's the direction they're going that's the only way they can win the voice assistant market and they've been organizing the world's data for like what 21 years right now yeah that's an advantage that apple and 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 uh, alexa don't have and amazon don't have they don't have that database of data on tap that google does so it makes sense for them to introduce FAQ and how-to rich snippets. It makes sense for them to increase the the you know the weight of those in the algorithm. So all the idiot SEOs like us run and give them the data that they need to go and win the sixty billion dollar market, <laughs> a market that they've been getting more and more accurate at a rapid pace, completely outpacing their competitors. is well documented in various major news sources. Just go and look at the history of Google's voice search, and now go and look at how that ties into the medic update and how it ties into how effective things like FAQ rich snippets have become. It's, it's, it's a much larger strategy and, and, and you know, we're feeding the, feeding the algorithm for, for, for Google to win that market. That's why it's so effective. Well, so you don't believe that if there's, uh, let's say, a list of 10 rich answers and I would say 80 out of 100 people click on question number nine you don't think that has any effect in that on 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 so if you've got the pop-out list of snippet that comes out yeah the list of questions yeah of course a question that best addresses the answer is going to be the one that's displayed much like in search results but they're not doing that to like win a little split test on who's clicking the best answer they're doing that to win a 60 billion dollar a year voice market yeah i think both are factors really i think every serp is an experiment every serp is a quantitative experiment of course yeah they're continually learning and refining and there are some serps that don't change that much and there are some that change rapidly and dynamically very true but in in terms of featured snippets faq rich snippets and how-to snippets that is all centrally aligned to Google's strategy to dominate the voice market, and they're not shy about shouting that. It's just that as SEOs, we're not connecting the dots to the bigger picture, and that's what's happening. So you can either get on board and help fuel Google's strategy, or, well, your competitors are going to. <laughs> Before we confuse anybody listening to the show, I think it's important to point out, because somebody's listening to the show right now and going, oh my gosh, how do I follow all of this? 
that they were just talking about. And I think for me, it's about focus, right? It's about taking Matthew's advice and getting a very defined list of what yeah. we would call money keywords Break it into at my agency. Sizes. That's right. And yeah. just you really got to have a half a dozen keywords, perhaps, that you got to focus on. Don't no, worry it's, about it's not, controlling it's, it's the world. It's not even about that. It's not even about that. Look, we're all sat behind computers. We're all distracted with tools and data and all of that. All you got to focus on is a human and how you can help a human being solve a problem that they're facing. That's it. That is your entire SEO strategy, your content strategy, your business strategy. Everything should align to that. And once you align everything to that, everything becomes easier. You, you're not worried. You know, who cares about keywords? I don't care about keywords. Keywords don't make me money. Keywords aren't getting their wallet out and typing it. <laughs> card and, and making me affiliate commission no people are so i don't worry about that like it's easy to get lost in everything that we've been speaking about all you've got to do is remember that there's a person at the other end of the computer that's the, that's how you've got to structure your content for the person that's facing the problem that was the time too <laughs> yeah <laughs> um no you know, look the, the as, as SEOs, if, 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 if you want to do the tattoo, it, it's quite simple. It's connecting the dots between humans and bots. That's our jobs as SEOs, right? Yep. But yep. As, 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 as creating content and it's easy to get lost in, in keyword research and keyword and all this other stuff, just create stuff that helps people solve the problems. And from there, look at how you can leverage opportunity in terms of SEO to help well increase it. And that's it. Don't don't make it any more complicated than that. It doesn't need to be. Well said. Special points yeah. for here for making it rhyme, connecting the <laughs> the, the dots to the bots. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, great rhyme. Connecting the dots between humans and, <laughs> and the bots. Connecting the dots between the humans. Oh, you, oh, someone else gets credit for that. Uh, I don't. I don't know who. I stole it off a T-shirt on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'm an SEO. Do you have a so link to I'm that? Give him credit for that. No. <laughs> give an affiliate link. So, but it is off a T-shirt on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. So we need to start. Believe it or leave it. Awesome, Matthew. Favorite part of the show for a lot of our listeners. Believe it or leave it. We give you three statements we found on the web, and we want you to tell our listeners whether they should believe it or whether they should leave it, and why. Are you ready? Cool. Yeah, I'm ready. Number one, a web page can only reasonably rank for one competitive keyword. Leave it. Why? Because it can rank for multiple variations of the keyword. For example, um, you you could rank... Um, and I know you can rank keyword research tool and best keyword research tool. You can write SEO tool and free SEO tool. You can rank start a blog, start blogging, and how to start a blog. All in their own right could be considered right. as head terms, but all of them generally in these cases have similar intent. And as such, you can just use the power of observation to look in your specific niche and the keywords that you're applying that question to, to see if you can rank for multiple head terms. There isn't a blanket yes or no, but definitely leave it and use the power of manual observation to answer the question in your specific instance. Don't drop the mic on that one. I've got a couple more questions. For you. That was a good answer. <laughs> yeah, it was. Great answer. Now, the only type of schema that has ROI is local business markup schema. That's your next question. 
leave it as well like completely (laughs) leave it Uh, we've been talking about FAQ rich snippets if you don't know go check out my tutorial in within five minutes you can increase the amount of real estate you own in Google in the live search results Um, that has ROI Um, not only that but integrating all types of structured data delivers ROI Google is hunting for structured data as part of their business strategy just give it to them it's all structured data provides ROI at this point and I'll I'll have to agree with you you said a while ago in the last three months I'd say in the last six months schema has been like going gangbusters probably related to the uh, voice search master plan schema contributes to voice search results Yeah, you know, and they got their feet wet with reviews and uh, they, they, they tried authorship and then they figured out that they don't actually need to, to build a social network to calculate authorship. And it's all moving into just being able to provide the most accurate result from the most qualified expert like you're just talking to them. Um, and schema data aligns to that goal. Yeah, I think they're done with social networks. (laughs) Yeah. 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 All right, believe it or leave it, number three, Matthew. You can build shallow content on multiple different domains and link them to your main domain to get the main domain to rank. Yes, you can. That is true, but with multiple caveats. Um, For example... um, that's a high-risk game. You're essentially building a private blog network. And yeah. if you don't know how to do that right, and there's many, many, many footprints from the domain registration to on-site to the out, outbound link profile, like there's so many footprints that you need to be aware of to do it right, that is for high-level advanced SEOs only. So for 99% of people listening to it, leave it. Well said, man. That's... <laughs> Some great answers. Put a fork in that one. Right? Yeah. No, I mean, look, that's the only way to compete in super competitive niches. Um, but, like, Very for the most risky, part, yeah. it's, you, you, it's, it's, not, it's not necessary. And there's other things that you can do that would, that would teach you better foundation skills than, than to take that approach. Yeah, it's the link will type of thing. Yeah. But if you're super advanced, yeah, hit it. <laughs> <laughs> But hit it with caution because it it, it, it bites. It's a kicker, that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, let's go ahead and do – what was the Surf Talk Live tattoo? Are you certain on that one? Connect yeah. the dots between humans and bots. Yeah. Connecting the dots between humans and bots. I you I heard it here tattoo. first, and uh, <laughs> I stole it off Amazon. <laughs> Man, if only that would fit in a license plate, that would be great for me. <laughs> Yeah, can you send me the link to that so I can go get that shirt? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, the shirt is connect the dots. I added the ing, connecting. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Spun it. (laughs) Great way to end the show, though, because that's uh, the bottom line, right? When we get into a lot of great techniques and a lot of great tactics, but when all the dust settles, you've got to make sure that you're satisfying the user and bringing the user valuable content. Yeah, yeah I, I always like to think about it as, and, and you kind of touched on it in, 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 in a retail store analogy earlier, like if you were opening a, a store in the high street, like would you open it with all of the products in the right shelves, all the cheese together, all the milk together, all the bread together, or, you know, and have it organized in a way that helps people find the products that they want? Right. Or would you open it with half the shelves missing, like the vegetables mixed in with the frozen items and like you, you just... 
you, you wouldn't open a store like that because it's difficult for people to find a product they need. And, and likewise, you should apply that to your website and, and say, well, is it easy for the person to find the, whatever it is your website provides, the information, the help, the, the product, the service? Right. And, and if this was a retail store, is what I built the ex- providing the, the the experience that I want them to have you know people are absorbing the content they're processing it in the brain it's having an impact it's touching people is it touching people in the way that it should be and would you do is that how you would do it in the physical world because quite often people would put more pride and effort into opening something in the physical world than they do with their sites um, so I always like to think you know if this was a real life business would I be proud to open the doors this morning and allow people to walk around it? Yes. Nice. So Matt, Matthew, we've actually eaten up the entire hour. I want to appreciate, I want to thank you for being on the show. A lot of great information you've given us, uh, no our listeners. And I, I also, uh, why don't you give like uh, a way people can get a contact with you if they have questions or if they want to reach you on Twitter or wherever you may be. Um, matthewwoodrow.co.uk the blog but if you want to contact me the best people would be my facebook group inside search um that's usually only given to people that have signed up to the 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 email list but that's the best place to 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 get me off the cuff also at the end of any tutorials or pages there's a comments box it's me that's monitoring that so you'll reach me that way if you send me a tweet probably going to miss it i'll be honest (laughs) (laughs) all right well i appreciate you being on the show thanks a lot matt did you want to add something yeah it's a great show good advice and really appreciate you joining us from costa rica no problem at all thanks for having me on and uh if you end up with any follow-up questions any other topics you want to talk about uh i'd be happy to come back because i could literally talk for like hours about (laughs) yeah we're geeks about this stuff too (laughs) well guys i want to thank you for listening to the show again this week uh we will be back next week uh hopefully i don't know yet i haven't got (laughs) guests i honestly have been so busy i've just not been focusing on the show and i'm i have to now but i have to say though before you finish you've booked two amazing guests yeah you've got mike blumenthal and joy hawkins coming up on future shows yes we do amazing (laughs) <laughs> I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I want to make sure you check out our our sponsors. Uh, and then uh, be sure and tell them that uh, Search Talk Live sent you. That's uh, HREFs and uh, Pixar. Pixel SEO Pixel Labs. Is that right? I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I got that all messed up. So anyway, uh, check, us, check them out and let them know that uh, Search Talk Live sent you. Thank you for Thanks your time. For listening. Leave a comment wherever you're listening to Search Talk Live. Yes, and oh, be sure and follow us on Spotify. It's a new channel, and it helps us out when you uh, we get followers, and uh, it'll kind of rise to the top. We have to compete against you know some big names on there. So, <laughs> bye bye, everyone. Bye bye. Search Talk Live is sponsored by the Robert Palmer family of companies. If you have questions for Search Talk Live or you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor of the show, email Robert at searchtalklive.com. That's searchtalklive.com.